It was an honor to have Dave Wilton from the band Loud Harp join me on the CMB podcast today to talk about his own personal story, their latest release entitled ASAF, and a lot more. Described as shoegaze meets Peter Gabriel meets the Holy Spirit, the sound of Loud Harp weaves heartfelt prayers with beautiful, layered, atmospheric indie rock. And within these layers, Asher, Seifink, and Dave Wilton both hope that people are able to experience the overwhelming love and peace of Jesus. That's today on the CMB Podcast, episode 64. And welcome to the CMB Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Fancher. I'm a singer and indie artist, and I started this podcast to bring on and promote other artists, musicians, songwriters, uh, to have conversations about their own journeys of music making and songwriting all through eyes of faith. If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, head over to christianmusicblog.com, sign up for our free newsletter, and you'll receive our updates uh, whenever a new episode goes out, you'll get something right in your inbox. Again, that's christianmusicblog.com. Our featured resource for the podcast today is a great new site called yourchartsource.com. This is a company that's actually uh, started by a guy that I had on the podcast named Zach Sprouls. He was back in episode 55, and he has just launched yourchartsource.com. And their vision is to simply create sheet music for normal church musicians, okay? They are Charts that are simple, short, clean, and clear. They don't dictate particular arrangements. They are great chord charts. And, and more than that, they also offer piano scores and accompaniment arrangements. So uh, I, I encourage you guys to go check these out. If you're a worship leader, if you're an artist, um, you can also have them transcribe your recordings into printed sheet music and promote your stuff on their platform as well. They have a great double vision to provide great charts and, and lead sheets and piano scores for the worship leaders who need those, and also to promote the indie worship musician. So again, that's yourchartsource.com. Head over there, sign up for their free newsletter, and check them out. For our show notes today, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 64, the number 64, and uh, you'll get all of the uh, highlights from my conversation with Dave Wilton today and links to different things. And throughout the episode, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this or not, if you listen to the last episode with Lauren Daigle, um, I'm trying to incorporate more music from the artists in the episode. And so today, all of the songs that you hear, I'll include in the show notes today uh, in the order that you heard them. Again, christianmusicblog.com slash 64. All right, one quick update, and then we're going to dive right in. Uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while now, you know we're transitioning the focus of CMB to exclusively be interviews with artists themselves, with great Christian artists promoting their music and listening to their stories, hearing about their processes as creative people. And if you're a musician and artist yourself, you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've been receiving value out of the uh, the more in-depth conversations about the business side of music especially, um, I encourage you to head over to natefancher.com and check out the new podcast that's coming soon called Tim Talks. I'm real excited about this. Tim is basically an acronym. It stands for the Independent Musician. 
And in this podcast, I'll be bringing on a variety of people to talk about marketing, blogging, business, and creative productivity. Uh, My aim with this podcast is to help artists and creatives leverage the expertise of those who know about online business and internet marketing uh, to help artists build lifestyle businesses around their art. I really have a passion for the new economy of business entrepreneurs who are out there building businesses uh, with their blogs, with social media. They're, these are legitimate businesses too. They're, they're not just these, these spammy, get-rich-quick type businesses. They are real businesses that offer real value. And for whatever reason, I don't see a lot out there with regard to musicians um, knowing how to use social media and blogging and internet platform building to uh, really be a key strategy in their in their own musical pursuits as artists. And so that's really what Tim Talks is going to be about. I'll also talk about what's working and what's not working for me as an artist so that other artists can avoid the mistakes that I make. Um, I'm really excited about this, so be on the lookout for that podcast right over at natefancher.com. And again, that's going to be called Tim Talks. That way we can focus Christian Music Blog, CMB Podcast, really for talking about the stories of great Christian artists. I really feel like that's the focus. And I, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I just want to make sure that that's being clear. And um, yeah, totally stoked. All right, enough about that. Let's get right in to this interview with Dave Wilton from the band Loud Harp. It was a very inspiring uh, discussion. His testimony in particular is just... Uh, it's awesome. So uh, make sure that you're listening. And um, and if you, again, want to get the titles of the songs that are played here, they're just a, v- a variety of different songs from both of their albums, uh, their their debut album, their self-titled album, Loud Harp, and then their most recent release called ASAF. Um, and so let's go ahead and dive right in. Here's my conversation with Dave Wilton on session 64 of the CMB podcast. This time when you come, do not keep this time when you come, don't hide your face. This time when you come, do not keep silent. This time when you It's awesome to have Dave Wilton from the band Loud Harp on the podcast today. Dave, thanks for joining me on the CMB podcast. It's good to be here. I want to just start by asking you, you're a musician, you're a producer, you've you've loved music for a long time, I'm sure, but I'd love to hear what's the most influential record in your musical career? What do you point to as one that really influenced you? Oh, uh, that's a tough question. I think the record that kind of changed everything for me and how I experienced music um, was when I was like in eighth grade 
and I heard Sunny Day Real Estate's diary for the first time. I grew up listening uh, to Christian music my whole life, and um, right around that time I started, my parents started letting me listen to other music that uh, wasn't per se Christian. And, um, and for the first time ever, I heard a record where every band member was playing their hearts out just on every instrument. And if you're familiar with the band, it's a kind of a post-punk, post-hardcore. They were kind of considered the fathers of emo music, emotional music. And I heard Jeremy Enoch just kind of singing and wailing. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that was allowed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it just moved me. It greatly moved me. And, and from that moment on, I think that band and that record allowed me to experience and feel uh, music on a whole new levels that, to be honest, I never even felt in church. Um, and so, yeah, that was, I think, the most, the, the biggest uh, record for me. You're a producer, so I'm assuming you're going to know who these guys are, but um, this is kind of a would-you-rather question. Uh-huh. Would you rather do a project with Brian Eno or Daniel Lenoir? Dude, putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, I think that I love the musicianship of Daniel Lenoir. I think it's uh, – and I love how he lives his life, to be honest uh, – so I'd probably pick him. Uh, he's very relational. Mm-hmm. He's always, it's about service, you know. Uh, he, Everything he does is, in some ways, always relates back to the artist and serving the artist. Brian Eno is an interesting case because he's he's so gifted, and I love him and respect him so much, but it's so cognitive. And yeah. um, the thought behind the music is almost as important, if not more important, than the actual music. And I can get into that. I mean, I just listened to Ambient 2 like yesterday. Um, but I, there's, I think if I was to hang with someone and devote six months to a year of my life, it'd be Daniel Lenoir. Awesome, man. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll get you out of the hot seat. I don't want to keep putting you on the spot. Yeah, like no, that, no. But uh, let's talk about your story of faith. We'd love to hear about that and then also how that might connect to um, music and production and pursuing that as a career. Totally. I grew up in a wonderful home Midwestern family in Peoria, Illinois. I was born and raised. And um, very supportive parents. Um, My father uh, was a musician and was a graphic artist. But, um, you know, his father, uh, our family business was... uh, morticians we we have a family mortuary and the midwest and um so my dad who was a singer songwriter graphic illustrator artist uh his dad basically kind of told him hey take up this business and so um my dad kind of dropped his i have tons of respect for my father because he he gave up his dreams uh to serve his family and um I remember as kids growing up, I'd always ask my dad, do I have to do this? And he's like, no, that's why I'm doing it. You get to do whatever God's created you to do. That's uh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, one of my favorite quotes uh, that I think of often because of my father, John Adams said, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, I will be a, 
soldier so my son can be a farmer, so his son can be an artist. Um, and so I, artists, I, I, re I really give all the respect and, and thankfulness to God, but also to my father for allowing me to do this. Um, but so they were very supportive, went to a Christian school, uh, Christian uh, church, you know, um, always loved God. Um, but I always kind of had my head in the clouds a little bit. Um, I was always doing things like questioning God, you know, oh, if you're real, can you do this for me? You know, um, trying to take my faith to kind of a real um some people would call it supernatural. I would just say, like, practical. If you're real, please do this for me, you know. <laughs> and kind of, uh, uh, granted, I was immature, but I definitely wanted to see God move. And so when I was um, in uh, seventh grade, uh, and you have to understand the context. I'm in a Christian school, Christian family. Uh, I love God, you know. Um, but I, no one, growing up in the Midwest, I didn't experience many um charismatic or Pentecostal believers. So there wasn't a whole lot of, it was more kind of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scripture. Holy Spirit was a beautiful member, but it was more like a mascot and something that was our seal and we didn't really talk much about. So so I was very naive when it came to uh, the Holy Spirit. And so I said, well, God, if you're real, please give me the answers to this test. And um, And I closed my eyes and kind of released my spirit and when I uh, opened my eyes the test was filled out and I got an A <laughs> and uh, I thought wow this is great I like this wait 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 uh, seriously 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 um, and so from the time I was in so I would have been 12 uh, or 13 from the age of 13 to 17 I did what you ask any spiritist or Buddhist, or uh, I released my spirit for knowledge, and um, I thought I was communicating with the Lord, you know, because that was my context. But um, in reality, I just wanted knowledge, and I received it. Um, and so I had a spirit guide from the age of, like I said, for about four years. Um, that was weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I wow. thought that I was. You know, Jesus was, I just thought I was special, you know. There was a lot of things. I don't know if you're familiar with other religions. But I was under the, I was deceived thinking that other religions are fake, you know, that people are just ignorant or stupid uh, or naive or just not informed. The truth is other religions are very real. People see things and experience things that are very real. A lot of the context with their scriptures are very real. However, they're not the truth. Um, and I was young enough and hadn't been, uh, I think had my, had God been more real and as what I could witness in my, in my faith, uh, um, rather than just like study, study the Bible and do good works. If it was more like, man, God, the creator of the universe loves you and wants a relationship with you, um, and has wonderful plans for your life and desires to see you uh, reveal his son Jesus to the world. You know, like had simple kingdom truth and biblical truth been taught to me a little bit more real as opposed to just concept. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think I would have been deceived, but I was, and uh, and it was okay, you know. Um, so I was I was 17, just turned 17, and um, and it was in that four years is when I started writing music. Um, I would meditate. Uh, I would do a whole lot of things that Christians aren't supposed to talk about. <laughs> Not drugs. I didn't need drugs. I'd uh, astro project. I'd uh, do a lot of things that spiritists just do and other religions do. Um, and I just thought it was like cool. You know, I was young. I didn't know better. Um, but then when I was 17, I uh, was confronted with Jesus. Um, and he uh, very clearly, one day my mom, my parents knew something was up. My bro- I'm a twin. So my brother Dan is one of the coolest and kindest men you'd ever meet. Uh, he has an insatiable love of God's word and music as well. And he would come into my room every night to try to read scripture to me. And I would quote him the verse that he was going to read to me. So, I mean, we're not, I'm not playing around, you know, like some people think psychics, psychics are crazies. Well, they're not crazy. I mean, <laughs> they, they really communicate with spirits. And if you don't believe that, like, I hate to break it to you, but it's a reality. Wow. We as Americans don't really confront a whole lot because we're like post, you know, we're new world, new technology. Yeah. Go to Africa, go to Asia, go to any other country and continent in the world and you'll confront it on a daily basis so um so anyways uh so my brother had been praying for me and interceding for me and uh, my mom finally one day says well son i think your music is worship to satan which for a kid who thinks he loves god and loves writing music that was about as deep of a blow as i've ever heard you know and it devastated me it hurt me and i was so angry and i yelled at my mom for probably the first time um, and went into my room and closed my door. And the moment I went into the room, the spirit came to comfort me. And um, it, I could usually get it to come by meditating, or it would just come. And not to go into the details there, but uh, I finally said, "Hey, man! Like I just yelled at my mom and so said a few choice words that weren't appropriate. Um, and why are you coming to?" Why are you comforting me? I just acted pretty badly, you know. And then something my mom and I, we're not Catholic, although I have love Catholics. I have tons of Catholic friends. and uh, But my mom would always pray the blood of Christ over things. And so she, I just was like, in the name and blood of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, you know, for my sin. He was from Nazareth. He's the son of God. In that name, if you're not he, leave, you know. And it left instantly, and I fell to the ground. And in um, cold shakes, and knew at that moment what I had done, um, and I was freaked out. I was really scared. Um, so for about a month, I I just um, lived in fear. I lived in fear that God would come and kill me because I was deceived, and um, or in fear that this demonic presence or this spirit would come and and torment me. Um, and it was about a month later. It was around this time. It was in the fall. Um, I was downstairs. I was walking up my stairs, and Jesus was there, man. And uh, and like just this beautiful bright light knocked me to my face, and um, I was freaked out. I thought, "This is it. This is my. I'm gonna. I'm dead. You know." <laughs> and uh, 
No drugs, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, man. No, no, it's got to be the most like out there story I think I've ever had on the podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh. But I'm, you, you have me like just on the edge of my seat the whole awesome. time. So keep well, keep talking. It's uh, <laughs> so here I am on my staircase in my home, uh, and I'm confronted with the presence of God, and um, like the most be you know most loving so I'm I mean I was fearful of the other stuff but this was a whole new level of like I'm gonna die you know um Hmm. and the most loving voice I've ever heard in my life said as the deer panteth for the water so your soul longs for me and I heard this like rushing stream and water and uh, I was used to seeing things right so it wasn't anything kind of new but I hadn't seen anything like this, and I saw a deer that was like skeleton, skin and bones, uh, on its last breath, uh, barely close, very close to this water, you know. And when I had heard that story growing up in the psalm, you know, the psalm and the song, it was always just so frolicky, and there were daisies in the field, and I was like, oh, as the deer panteth for the water, you know, it was like so um, peaceful, but man, that imagery is violent and um it's like if the deer didn't doesn't have water it's going to die and in that moment i realized i was the deer you know and that the living water of god uh, i needed and so right then and there man uh baptized in that water and into the faith and uh he said read the faithful accounts of my servant peter and i ran and i found my bible that i hadn't read and five years, you know, and uh, for the first time ever in my life, uh, the Spirit of God started revealing the truth of the Scriptures to me, and it was, it was like I saw for the first time, I like, I just fell asleep reading First and Second P- Peter, I wept, and went out early the next morning, and it was like I saw color for the first time, and, and that's when my life and God began you know that's when i met encountered jesus and i've been his ever since after that point what'd you do from there on so when i found faith in god uh all of a sudden um that wasn't very cool you know um i was in athletics as well as in music and um man i I lost a few friends you know Uh, i mean the next day i went to school and led two of my best friends to christ you know i mean like i was i was a different person you know um the lord just changed me overnight so so i started hanging out with very different people um and not many of them were musicians um because my musicians' friends were, were um, man, you know, they're good people, and God bless them, but it just wasn't good for me to hang with them, you know? Um, and so I started listening to, uh, that's when I was introduced to Delirious. So the Glow record had just come out, and that, like, changed my life. Um, I'd sit in my room and just cry and be like, why am I crying? <laughs> you know, Uh listening to those songs um vineyards 
the UK album uh, Hungry had just come out. Oh, yeah. yeah that like, one just slayed me, you yeah. know, I sit in my room and worship the Lord. And, and those two records pretty much taught me that. And there was a Stephen Curtis Chapman record called Declaration, I think, that like I would just sit and listen to. And it wasn't even like the music I liked, but it was just the presence of God would just comfort me when I would put on that music and mm. I'd read scripture. And music became very much more powerful to me than just my own experience. And uh, so, yeah, it, it totally changed how I, how I listened to music. Heart, cover your tracks, the blood that you spill. We'll wash what you lack So Sew up your wounds And test out your engine Give it some Boy and His Kite is your solo project. I believe it's you and your voice. And yeah. um, that came at some point along the way. And why don't you just give us a brief synopsis of that? Oh, man. Um, I'll try to make it brief. I didn't have, I guess, the courage or uh, the desire to pursue my own music when I was younger. Uh, but I knew that I wanted to be in music my whole life. So, um, so I dedicated to learn a craft and music and learn how to record and uh, mix and produce and basically whenever there was an opportunity for me to support other artists I would do it and it was something that I, I always my own music I'd always keep very hidden you know um, I'd work with bands and they'd hear me sing or they'd hear like I would give away every melody or lyric idea I had for basically the first 10 years of my profession. Mm. And people would be like, man, why don't you do your own music? You know, be like, I, uh, I just really love serving and I feel like God's asked me to serve. So um, it's my joy, you know, to do what he asked. So, um, so after 10 years of uh, helping other people make records, I really felt a very strong green light. And I won't go into all the details of that, but um, very clearly the Lord gave me songs mm. and um, and was very uh, awesome, man. And it was like awakened this hidden desire in my heart to, to communicate something that had been fermenting and uh, growing into something beautiful for, for 10 years. And, and so by the time I set aside, set aside three weeks uh, to record, and to write, and I spent a week of it as kind of an offering to the Lord with a just a worship project called Loud Harp, <laughs> and uh, another two weeks I did my own music. Asher Seifink 
before that, and so you just, you just mentioned Loud Harp was a part of that season. That has sort of run parallel to it has absolutely to a Boynton's Kite. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I thought Loud it was Harp. more sequential or something. No, I mean um, when the Lord freed me up to make my own music, um, it was right around the time when Asher and I. Asher used to live in Colorado, and then he, uh, we were good friends, not the like greatest of friends, but he was uh, leading worship at our church and. Um, just really, we liked each other a lot. Um, and, uh, he was in a job that was really taking it, taking its toll on his heart. And, uh, they moved to Provo, Utah, which, uh, if you're familiar is the town where Brigham Young University is. It's man, like a hundred thousand people and like not that many, um, are Christians, you know, are born again Christians. I, I have such a love and respect for so many Mormons, uh, and I've made so many Mormon friends. And, but regardless, it can be pretty lonely if you're a born again Christ follower in a Mormon town. And um, yeah. and so uh, Asher was in that place a little bit, and so he came. He flew out just to hang with us, with me, you know. And I, and I help. I love to help artists who are in uh, kind of a hard space. I, I write with people. I, uh, they come and stay with me and my family and just love to encourage them, you know, in their faith. And uh, Asher was having one of those times. So I was like, dude, come out, just be with me, you know. Wow. And so uh, we we were both working, you know, I was doing other studio work during the day. He was doing other work during the day. And over the course of two nights, I was just being together and trying to write a song for his own personal band called Sea Finch. Um, the Lord just showed up and wrecked us both and uh, we wrote the first Loud Harp record in two nights just worshiping together. Jeremy Armstrong over at worshipleader.com um, put Nearness of You at, in the top 20 worship songs of 2014. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your latest album, your, your sophomore album, was released this spring, ASAF. Would love to know just the, the journey along the way since that night that you wrote those songs with Asher. Um, did you kind of have a desire to pursue it up to this point like, you, like you've done, or is it just sort of happened, God opening doors? What's it been like? It's been totally God opening doors. Uh, there hasn't been, uh, yeah, people, we get this question a lot. And um, the only aspiration or motivation we have, and I can say it in complete honesty, is just to worship and minister to the Lord. You know, it's like we, we're so ministered to when we just give Him our praise, you know. Um, but when we, we haven't set out to be a band, we never, uh, we, when we first recorded, the scratch demos, I think we have them somewhere, but of our first record, we sent them to a few friends and just said, man, the Lord just absolutely awakened, awakened our hearts again to his love. And 
just listen to this. This is what me and Asher just were caught up in some worship with the Lord, you know. And we sent it to our friend Joel Davis and a band called Ascend the Hill, and he just, the Lord just wrecked him, and and he's like, guys, you gotta, ah, you gotta record those. You gotta make a record, and and so everyone we sent it to just was like, man, there's something profound that we believe uh, people need to hear, and so us even making an album was was as a result of God moving other people to say, man, you guys need to do this, you know. We, um, so it's always been a response to what the Lord's done. Mm. We, uh, we did some very minimal touring of the first album where we'd go and play um, worship conferences or a church would be like, please come, you know. And we're like, okay. Uh, you know, we both have jobs. We both have families. Um, but whenever we pray about it, if we both felt peace, we'd go, you know. Mm. And it was on one of those trips, uh, going driving through Idaho, took uh, a fellowship in Coeur d'Alene, um, where we, uh, you know, when you drive, people are familiar with touring. I'm sure you tra- you played music for four years, so um, podcasts are awesome. Uh, music's awesome, but there's only so much how, like, sometimes we just break out books and read or something. So mm-hmm. I got, um, we both started talking about Asaph. We both had been learning a lot about Asaph in our own fellowships and our own churches. And man, like his Psalms were really ministering to me. And as I'm sharing that with Asher, Asher's like me too. And we both just started sharing what like heart level stuff of what God had been uh, teaching us and revealing it about, his nature in our nature and uh some heavy hitting stuff you know Mm. and so we just started reading the psalms of asaph as we were driving through the mountains in idaho and we got to like 73 and wow it was like we had almost pull over you know like it was we both started crying and we're like ah you know i don't cry a whole lot but when jesus is involved i'm 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 pretty emotional mess most of the time Uh, (laughs) yeah so we we thought oh man this let's this is awesome so we were just praying and praying we show up at the at the worship conference you know and we just we get like three hour sets where we have to go for like three hours uh and if you know asher asher has an amazing gift uh, and, and calling and anointing to just go into very spontaneous worship. So all the scriptures that he's been memorizing, all the things that the Lord's been teaching him, uh, he'll go into song like that. And it's beautiful and fun to watch. Um, and it's fun to direct the music because we have no idea what we're going to do most of the time live. We just start and then the Lord shows up. It's like a mixture between like, explosions in the sky if you're familiar with that like oh, yeah. instrumental music within like asher just going for it <laughs> so it's really fun um and so a bunch of new songs started taking shape uh in that time lyrically asher would start singing you know uh these songs that some of them made the, the asaph record and we just started praying more about it and finally uh a few months went by and we're like man we really feel God's commissioned us to make a new album and that these songs are predominantly from the Psalms of Asaph. We're not scholars, you know, we're not, we're, we're musicians. We just love 
the Lord. Uh, we love his church. We love people who, who are seeking after him, you know, mm. in and outside the church. But we just found that the Psalms of Asaph, uh, God wanted to sing something that perhaps people hadn't heard in a while. Um, and so well, that's awesome. Did it. Uh, it's so, so cool. Cause this morning I actually read Psalm 73. That was the, yeah, it was on my Psalm of the day list, you know, and there's that line in there, you know, where he just says, you know, he's saying all this stuff and then he's like, and it's, and, you know, pretty negative for the most part. And then all of a sudden it's until I came into the sanctuary of God. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, a picture of just being in God's presence and how much that changes everything, even if the circumstances circumstances don't change. Absolutely. So, man, just hearing you yeah. say that, just it's awesome. Yeah, so that's where, uh, so Asaph was a response to the Lord ministering to me and Asher separately and then together. And um, when we knew it was time to make the record, we thought, okay, Lord, well, we need help, you know. We don't have money, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I don't have the, the time to, you know, to set aside without being able to take care of my family. So we did a Kickstarter, and we're so blessed by all of our friends and fans and family and people that gave. Um, and so we were able to kind of spend a whole lot more time on this one than our previous one. Uh, but even then, you know, we get together, we, we have, and me and Asher wrote Asaph in three days. So, That's awesome. I, yeah, yeah, and 70, yeah. 73 was the first song we wrote. I sat down to the piano, we we prayed <laughs> and said, well, Lord, where do you want us to start? You know, we opened up to 73 and just wrote the song. would you direct people to find out more about Loud Harp, but then even the rest of the stuff we've talked about? Yeah, loudharp.com. Um, we just have a simple, but a pretty informative page where you can see when we're playing, see what we've been up to. Um, Asher is so good at keeping up with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I'll occasionally make a secret appearance. Um, but no, like, truly, we try to be as relational as we can. You know, we'll get, if if Asher gets any gear questions on Instagram or Facebook, he sends them to me and I answer them directly with our fans. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think social media or our email, just simple, loudharp at gmail.com. Awesome. Dave, thanks again, man. This has been really awesome to meet you and to hear your story. Man, your your story of faith, your testimony is just incredible. I, I could uh, hear. Uh, I'm sure you have more stories too. I do it every day, every day. You know, I live in near Boulder, Colorado, and there's no, you know, yeah. what what the enemy meant for harm, uh, and how he meant to deceive me, and the Lord just said, "Hey, how about?" How about this is actually what I've called you to, the people I want you to love and share. So, dude, I get to, if you're familiar with Boulder, we have a, a beautiful university called Naropa, a bunch of spiritists and Buddhists and uh, Hindu people just trying to seek after God and learn. And 
I'm friends with lots of them, and they invite me to coffee and say, tell me about this Jesus, you know. And so I love to share the gospel, and I have so many friends uh, in other religions that I, that I get to be with. And I'm not scared of it because that's my past. That's what the Lord saved me from. And so many people think the Lord saved me, so I get to just never think about it again, or uh, I never, I'm going to move as far away and isolate myself. But when the Lord saves you, He gives you victory, you know. And I think Loud Harp, our music is all about the victory that God's given us in those desert times and times of trials and so that when we come back, we have a song to sing. And so I get to sing my song uh, of my salvation to everyone in this beautiful state of Colorado where there's a lot of crazies, but I'm, I'm pretty crazy too. And I get to just tell people God loves them. So That's awesome. Thanks again, yeah. Dave. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the episode today. Again, the show notes for everything that we talked about, the highlights, the the links, so you can go find out more about Loud Harp. Everything will be at christianmusicblog.com slash 64. You can uh, engage there as well. I'd love to get your comments. Head over there and just say hello. Say what you thought about the interview today with Dave. I'd love to, to say hi back to you too. So again, that's christianmusicblog.com slash 64. All right, my friends, I'll see you again very soon. Come sign up for the newsletter to stay informed um, whenever a new podcast episode goes live. You can do that at christianmusicblog.com. We'll see you again soon here on the Christian Music Blog Podcast.
thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.